you turkeys out there, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he is Steve, and we want to wish each and every one of you a happy Thanksgiving, episode 297, September 22nd. 2022. We're going to be getting right into our topic of the day, which is God of War Ragnarok Impressions. Before we do, make sure you punch that subscribe button and throw an axe at that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week, each week. Steven is finally come upon us to resume the story of Kratos and Atreus. Atreus. Yes. Indeed. So where are you in the game so far, Russ? Well, I think before I describe where I'm at, it goes without saying that uh, we'll probably be talking about some spoilers here. I don't think we're too far into the game, but just for those of you who have not tried out the game yet, we'll probably be going into some details, at least for the uh, first handful of hours worth of gameplay into this game. Hmm. For me, though, I have... Oh, okay, so I've gotten into uh, kind of like the next realm that go, that is outside of Midgard that is not snowy. It's in hmm. this much more... Um, not necessarily tropical, but it's definitely a warmer climate. Mm. It has, you know, nice blue waters and uh, yes. it has kind of a tropical element mm. to it. Lots of uh -huh. frogs and that yeah. sort of thing. With the dwarves. With the dwarves. The yes, dwarven. Um, but to be more specific, I'm currently stuck on, there's this uh, rather larger creature that um, I have not been able to pass. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. A uh, large creature. Um, have you come across any large creatures in your gameplay um, so far, oh, Steve? Oh, did you have to, like, break through something, Russ, to get to the said large creature? I don't think so. I think it was more about, like, I had to, like, kind of bend down and squat my way past through this thing. And, then, like, like, the ground has a bunch of shallow water in it. And, like, let's just say there was... Like one creature, and then there was uh, another creature, and the first creature we thought was not a threat, and then the second one was <laughs> definitely a threat. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think I know where you're at. Like, are you, you're, uh, I don't want to ruin it for you, Steve. No, I I am definitely past that part. Okay. I'm just trying if to remember the creature. The creature is purple. Does that help you? It's kind of like a maroon, purplish. Uh, amphibious looking creature with big teeth, Steve. Uh, has a oh, tail that oh, 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 whips you a lot yes. in the face. Yeah, you're there? Uh, well, I mean, when you think about like that particular area, there are a number of different things that you can do. Uh -huh. um, kind of an order of operations, sure, right? Like sure, You can choose yeah, what you want to do, where you want to go, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I, you know, initially, I didn't want to go straight for like the main narrative because like I saw those smokestacks. Ah. I assume you also took care of the smokestacks. Took care of the stacks. Yes, indeed. I had a lot of fun going through those puzzles and that sort of thing, and then um, now I just I find myself uh, pretty much kind of officially taking on my first beastie. Yeah, yeah, that was a kind of a pain in the patootie, indeed. In the beginning, in the beginning, but you figured out a way to best the beastie, huh? I remember how to block. Blocking is good, and parry. Fung. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Did you go with the shield that's more high risk, high reward? Yes. That's what I did too. Nah, did you? Tapping in the old Elden Ring uh, uh, gameplay yeah. chops there, Steve. Well, um, that and I remember from the first game that I have yet to beat uh, that uh, if you could block, it wasn't necessarily a good thing because yeah. then you'd kind of like Ugh, stagger. stagger back and then be like, oh, you're staggering. I'm going to hit you again. Yeah, and yeah. then... Um, Actually, they say it this time too. They like they say to you, uh, "Oh, you got a shield? Use it." I'm like, "I am game." There actually is okay. So so there are those those red circles that come up that are basically like the warning. Hey, there's an unblockable Heavy attack. attack. Yeah. So I just try and roll out of the way. Do you sidestep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they have those yellow circles that appear. What are the yellow circles for? Because I missed the prompt on that. Definite blockable attack. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the attacks you can block anyway if they're just like, oh, here. <laughs> yeah. Hit in the face. Uh, but if they have the yellow thing, that you know that you're, oh, I can really get ready for this one sort of thing, and then you can block it or parry it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Indeed. So it sounds like you're definitely farther than I am. Right. So therefore... Um, you're going to have to be a little clever with uh, what you say. Ah. I, don't, I don't want any major spoilers here, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that you are much farther than where I am, or would you say you're just a bit farther? Um, I, well, I would say much farther. I'm not a bit further. Um, I have a lot of ums in there, Steve. Gone on. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to like, I don't think I'm like halfway through the game, so I'm not, I want to say like much farther farther, you know, because people who want to have their own definitions of much farther. Let me ask you this. Sure. Are us. you in the same realm as me right now, or have you gone to on... Because obviously they have multiple realms in the game. Are you on to a different realm? Different realm. Okay. Well, that paints a, a pretty accurate picture. There, okay. There, Steve. Nah, right, Russ. So, yeah, and you answered a question I was about to ask you, which oh. is... Did you ever end up beating the the other, the older God of War, which you said you have not? No. So uh, I was waiting until I got my PS5, which, I mean, I've kind of obvious now I did get If you checked out to Facebook, I post a little happy pick. Indeed. And I, so I, I got it and I have yet to transfer God of War 1 mm -hmm. to the PS5. Technically, it's God of War 4. Well, I mean... The title just says God of War. It does. So I've yet to do it, and I've been waiting to do it, and I need a USB to do it. <laughs> Don't got a USB. That's amazing how they haven't figured it out, how to just quickly... Godly. I remember I was asking you, like, oh, I forgot. Go look at that podcast like a year or two ago. Yep. And I did, and I listened to it. And was like, it helpful at all, or...? Um, not... Well... Yes, it was. So basically what you did is you paid for uh, PlayStation cloud service to store like all of your saved games. Huh. And then you signed into the cloud on the PS5 and then downloaded everything that, that you had. Okay. And then after that, I'm guessing you probably haven't used the cloud service. Mm. So I thought, well, that's kind of dumb. Like, I, I mean, all these games are mine. Just transfer them. Uh -huh. I mean, Microsoft did it for free for crying out loud. 
So I thought, okay, well, what else can I do? And so then, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, just get a USB and then save all this stuff. I'm like, man, why is it so difficult? But by then, I just really wanted to play the game. So I remember that that be, that being a sticking point, honestly. Like when the systems first came out, I remember that Xbox had a much more seamless transition of your saved Completely. data, you know, your games, all that stuff. PlayStation was kind of more of a makes you want to pull your hair out kind of uh, experience. And so, yeah, I, I, it's amazing. They haven't just updated the software. I mean, I was hoping because the PS4 and the PS5 both needed software updates when I, when, you know, I, I turned them on. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they got it fixed. They got it fixed now. Right. Definitely not. So going back to the fact that you haven't beaten the previous God of War game, did you end up watching the recap in this game? No, I started to, and I thought, eh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't um, do that. Because I really wanted to find out everything on my own. I mean, just by starting the new game, you kind of figure out like, oh, man, some stuff really went down <laughs> hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. Man, so someone got mad at somebody else, and somebody died, and uh, well, uh, <laughs> I used to be friends with those people yeah. in the last <laughs> game. That's where I left off. Um, I don't know what else the community did. Yeah. Anyway. So I still am going to go back and play it. I really just wanted to spend a lot of time with this game. Sure. So could, you know, talk more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe after tonight, yeah. I'll have my USB and I can transfer the game. And then go back to the other game. So I know what I'm doing. And uh, I mean, this this game was like really good practice for the last game. because like, oh, man. How do I block again? What yeah. do I use like all these moves, <laughs> like with the change and stuff, and I'm whipping them all around, catching them on fire. Yeah. Like, how do I remember all this stuff? And then, you know, playing this game, it kind of all came back. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I, and I, rem I remember you were at like a lava level or something. I think you were getting close to the end. So it's not like you have to spend a whole lot of time in the previous God of War game. I think you're going to probably wrap it up in a, a sh relatively short amount of time. Ah. Yeah. Which will allow you to continue on into this game. But no, like the that first game is definitely more than than worthy of of wrapping up. And it makes sense because this game literally resumes where the last one leaves off. So you're you'd be doing yourself kind of a disservice if you're just skipping over or whatever. But yeah. I thought in terms of how this game continued. So like one of the challenges that I was wondering about about how Sony Santa Monica Studios was going to do um kind of uh, maybe either top or perhaps like keep at the same level was the story because in the first one, as you know, the, um, the previous God of War game begins with Kratos's wife has just passed away, right? Right. Very heavy material. And you're seeing, you're being introduced to his son, Atreus for the first time. And you're, you're realizing that there is kind of a, a stilted relationship between the two because the, the mother was definitely kind of the nurturer um, link, not only for Atreus, but also for Kratos as well. And so now they find themselves mourning the loss uh, of her and having to basically go on this journey to spread her ashes as her, her final will uh, over on, on top of this mountain. Right. So it's like, okay, that sets the, the, the whole tone of the narrative and everything else. And there's a lot that goes on in terms of like the father son dynamics. And so we get to this game and I was very pleased to see like what they decided to do in terms of how the game resumed, where Atreus is a little bit older. Now he seems to be kind of in his teenager years. And 
I love the wolves. You know, the the idea that they had these wolves that they allowed them to traverse through the snow. Um, they still have some of the characters from the the previous game that are still very much Mimir. salty and and bitter and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of the I can't remember her name. It's like Freya or Freya. With Freya. An R. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you see, she's very still very much bitter and and angry and everything else. But then you also have uh, Mimir, like you were talking about. So you have these different familiar faces, which is fun to see. And I really love how they just continue down this path of, of what's happening, what's going on. And I'm going to be a little careful that I don't say certain things from the end game because I don't want to ruin it for you. But I mean, I think you can kind of piece together and generally speaking, like what the heck is going on around here? Seeing Thor, for the first time. So first of all, Thor is voiced by uh, this one actor. I can't remember his name, but I have seen him. He was in Sons of Anarchy, the TV show. Hmm. Um, and he's been in some other things as well. But anyway, he is the uh, the voice of Thor. And I I don't know, like in, you, both of us are such big fans of great storytelling. And right. especially in video games, like we love that, that immersive narrative experience. And I really loved in the beginning where like there's just a, there's time that's spent within their cottage. And when Thor comes, the tension is so high. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it, I'm sure you had the same kind of uh, reaction where it's like, you know, it's it's dark and, and wintry outside. There's a stranger silhouette that's outside your house. So instantly you're on the defense of like, well, who is this person? What's going on? And then you realize who it is but there's no fighting right away. And he comes in. There's this one moment in particular I absolutely adored, which was where you realize how much taller and bigger Thor is to Kratos. Yeah. And Kratos is not a small man, just generally speaking. So you there's that moment where like, they're kind of like literally sizing each other up. I was like, Ooh, that's uh, that's good right there. True. But I mean, I mean, I think Thor would know, uh, Kratos is stronger than he even appears and he appears very strong. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, you're taking out big baddies and he's just like ripping them apart, you know, basically. So, I mean, yeah, you know, dynamite comes in small package, relatively small packages. <laughs> uh, and that sort of sense. But, uh, but I know what you're talking about. And I thought the design was really cool. Cause yeah. I mean, you think Thor, you think Marvel, yeah. <laughs> like Chris Hemsworth. And then like this dude, just some, Harry, big guy, you know, <laughs> kind of like fat Thor in a way, but he ain't fat. Yeah, uh, he's like the strong fat. Yeah, he's strong fat. Yeah, like linebacker fat is what he is. Apparently, that depiction is actually more accurate to I don't the, doubt like it. the the mythic origins of Thor himself, which I, I I always was under the assumption that it was more like you know Chris Hemsworth, like you know. <laughs> Just totally gorgeous. Brawny. Yeah, gorgeous big old eight pack <laughs> and everything else. No, actually, it's it's more in line with this. So I was like, oh, interesting. But I don't know. It brought me back to almost being like a 10-year-old watching WWF back in the 80s where like, you know, you had, say, like Andre the Giant like staring down Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan comes up to his chest. It's just that really fun, I don't know, just... I get giddy. Yeah, I, get giddy I hope I don't I break my Hogan. back by lifting you kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that like yeah these two guys who are who are definitely fighters definitely tough and that sort of thing and, the, and it's the whole sizing up phase we're like they're just like but there is kind of like acknowledgement like yeah you're a big dude 
I thought this game kind of starts off similar to the first game, the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly step for step because yeah, there's a lot of kind of getting used to the way things are and, yeah. and with Atreus and a lot of the, you know, that kind of storytelling, but the way it kind of goes like, you know, with the, the boat, for example, mm-hmm. when you're kind of going across the lake, yep. um, and kind of picking stuff out of the water, hitting through barrels, getting through different, um, parts. Um, some of the enemies are the same. Uh, so it, it's, it's cool to be back in that world, but I, I kind of felt that uh, it's a little bit too similar. It's it's familiar territory for sure. It's like crazy familiar. Yeah. I actually, I thought you were going to talk about the initial fight sequence with Kratos and Thor with the whole blood debt thing at the beginning, just because uh, at the beginning of the previous God of War game, you and I can't remember the, the villain's name, yeah, but, but it's basically name. this. I think it was he was a son of or one of the sons of Thor, or he was some yeah troublemaker or something, something like I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like essentially he was part of that family, mm-hmm. and comes you, to your house. He comes to your house. I I, don't care. I I think when he came, it was at the during the daytime though. I don't th- right. I don't think it was at nighttime. No, and you know he didn't just he didn't come into the house like what Thor did. That part was in fact different, but just in terms of this like really big epic battle. Honestly, I thought the the previous battle was more of like an initial introductory epic battle than the one with Thor. The one with Thor was still really fun. Like right. I, I had a lot of fun. It was like, whoa! Like when he's he grabs Kratos and he's flying through the air. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be exciting. <laughs> um, and so I had a, a whole lot of fun with all of that. But if I were to compare the two together, I would say the first one from the from the previous game had a little bit more of the visual spectacle of just what the heck was going on. And, and I don't know that. that's just my opinion. What, what did you think? No, I was about the same. Uh, I mean, when I played the, the previous game, I just didn't know what to expect whatsoever. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm going through the whole thing going like, Oh man, you're busting through like, 10 trees in a row and you're picking up <laughs> stuff off the landscape and swinging it around like it's, you know, a twig and stuff. And, and, you know, so there was much more like shock and awe, I would say, yeah. than, than this one. I mean, I, I kind of figured, okay, here we go. They're going to they're gonna start this off with a bang. And then it, it, it definitely was that way, but just less so because I kind of figured, you know, yeah, this would be the similar kind of thing. So yeah. it took a little bit of the surprise out. But, yeah. um, you know, one thing I did notice right away and, you know, as I progressed the game is that uh, Kratos speaks to his son differently. Yes. And this one, as if like, you know, because his son's matured, he's not treating him like he's just so, uh, you know, unknown about the ways of the world and the evils that are out there and how to fight and whatnot. He's treating him more like a man. And his tone of voice, uh, you can hear, is almost more tender. Yes. Yeah, there was definitely a shift from this game and the previous game, the previous game, like I was mentioning earlier, I have a feeling that there was a bit of a a detachment or disconnect in a way that Kratos had with his son in the sense that he, Kratos, his entire life had been literally God of war, right? right? Like, like he, all he knew was violence and battle and destruction, that sort of thing. And he finds himself in this new type of role of being a father, which he frankly has never been in before. And not only that, but he has lost his wife. And so he's on his own in terms of, of trying to 
improve that that part of him. And so I think like in that previous game, we we witnessed how he was just more gruff toward his son. He was much more judgmental of some of the mistakes sure. that honestly, like those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Real m- much more harsh, that sort of thing. Brash. Yeah. And then when you get toward the end of the previous game, there has been uh, quite a bit of bonding going on between the two people to the point where you start to kind of see a bit more of that, that patience come through more of that rearing of his son, more of like less, uh, less treatment of a general would a soldier and more of a father would a son. Right. And so that's one of the nice things about this game is that they have continued down that path where clearly more time has passed. They've been able to bond more as father and son. And I, and I totally agree. I think that, that I appreciate seeing as this relationship continues to flourish, continues to mature and improve but yet it was what's interesting also is the fact that now Atreus is in his teenage years. And so being a teenager is a different dynamic than say being a 10 year old. Right. And you can tell, I mean, there's a scene, this is in the very, very beginning yeah. where, uh, where you get home and, uh, Kratos is basically about to instruct, uh, um, Atreus, Atreus. Atreus yeah. What to do, like, you know, put the dogs away, give them something to eat, you know, start a fire, you know, this, that, and the other. And because this has been kind of a rinse and repeat process with them living together, he already knows what to do to take care of the house. Mm-hmm. And he's more of a man now, and so he has some strength, he knows what to do, he's bonded with the animals. And so there's scenes where he's saying, oh, and don't forget to, he's like, yeah, you got a dad sort of thing, you know? And... Maybe it's this the technology with all the, the motion capturing and face capturing, but you see Kratos like just kind of give a nod and kind of wow, okay, like he he is growing up, sort yeah. of thing. Like it was so minute, but I yeah. noticed it and I was mm, just that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, like that kind of stuff is it, video games have come so far and totally just surpassed movies in that regard. I mean, this game, just the story, I, I'm just I'm really invested in it and I'm noticing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and they're paying attention. It seems like the designers are paying attention to what fans would expect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like there's this one, one part where you basically meet up with the dwarves again. Like they're, they're yeah. the four, the other guy, the two Sindri and, yeah, and yeah. Brock, you know, they, they still, <clears throat> and I'm like, I, thinking of previous games where like you have to start over you have to like find your weapons again and find our everything everything you have is like level one all over again like come on and so but not here yeah and so he has his armor he's got the axe the axe is all like embroidered with all just forging right he still has the knives Mm -hmm. and so i'm like yes that's cool and then there's a there's a bit of dialogue where I think it's Brock. He goes, I made you all this iron before. Or, 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 not iron, but all this armor before. What happened to that? He's like, I used it. Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. I'm like, yes. You know, sort of thing. Like they acknowledge all that. Anyway, just little stuff like that just drives me just like crazy good. Good crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I picked up on those moments as well where you have these subtle nuances in the facial performances that they've been able to pick up. And I think that that is one of the exciting things about Next Gen is they're able to dedicate more polys to the face. They're able to have much more high-res textures and even record the actor's performances, their facial performances, and directly apply it to the fictional character's face mesh. And that's what you see where, I mean, even Kratos wearing a beard 
there that covers up a fair amount of his face that normally would help articulate some of those little minor expressions, that sort of thing. And so to see like, even like, like there was at one moment, there was like this, this, um, uh, like one of, one of his, uh, one of the bags under his eyes, um, it kind of like <clears throat> did a little twitch. Hmm. It was, the, it was the coolest little detail, but it was like, it was, it was one of those moments where I think he was in the process of a- asking Atreus to go do something and then realized he was already doing it. So he, it, he kind of stopped mid sentence and then he had, you could tell he was impressed and that he, he approved of what Atreus uh, was doing in terms of anticipating what his father would ask. He just little things like that were, that were like, once again, you see like the bag under his eye, there's like this weird, like kind of like, like little like like tendon twitch or something, mm. but I, I it registered with me as the player where I'm just like yeah he's he's proud of his son in that moment and it was, I don't know I I think that is such an exciting thing to witness because it's only going to improve from there I mean I think right. that as more games come out for these particular consoles and especially as we move into yet the the next generation after this <clears throat> console generation you, we're just going to have such a field day being able to really appreciate and admire all those little things that quite honestly, I mean, those are, those are human traits that we universally can identify with. Right. Uh, also too, the voice actors are the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really neat. I mean, it's such a, again, a small thing like, okay, why would the voice actors be different? Well, maybe they went on to other projects, you know, but that's why it sounds so natural and have such chemistry is because, uh, the same voice from Kratos is the, you know, and the same voice for Atreus are the same and they've grown up. Yeah. And so that's how they would sound different. Then it transfers right to the game. Yeah. One thing, Russ, mm-hmm. that they did better in this one than the last one. What is that? It's very small. Very small. But <laughs> it means a lot to me. Un poquito. Whenever I was dying in the previous game, mm. Atreus would go, ah, dad, you're dying. You're dying, dad. Do something like, shut up. I know I'm dying, sort of thing. Drive me up the wall. Like, is there a setting? And I remember saying that to you. Like, when you're like, oh, what do you think of the game? I'm like, is there a setting? Like, just like, turn him off. Turn During, him off. like, times of, of battle, right? Yeah. And, and there's not. But now he doesn't say that. It's Mimir. Yeah. And so Mimir's like, get up, brother. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. And that's a lot less annoying. Yeah. But I will tell you. One night, dying a lot, mm. heard Mimir a lot. And usually what I do, Russ, is I'll like, when I'm about ready for go to bed, I'll just like, you know, stop playing the game. I'll, you know, watch some YouTube or something just to like settle down, sure. you know, so I'm not thinking about the game constantly. Mm. I didn't do that. Oh. Finished the game, brushed my teeth, went to bed. All I could hear for three hours as I'm tossing and turning is, is Mimir like telling me what to do in the game and to get up and then fight and then go here, go there. And all he's like, go to Feinkel farm or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, oh my goodness. Hold on. That's uh, advice there for you, Russ. Indeed. If you're going to play a lot of the game and for everyone out there, you're going to play a lot of the game for hours on end, do something else before you go to bed. I'd say that's a, that's a good tip right there. Yeah. And it's no detriment against the voice actor who plays Mimir. I really like his voice. I think he's very uh, charismatic and appealing. I really love hearing the stories. That's one of the things I really liked about the the previous game and I really like in this game is that 
the amount of time I spend paddling the boat. Sure. I really love the questions that come up that, you know, most of the time Atreus will, will, will ask. And uh, most of the time you'll have a mirror answering those questions. But once again, it really helps to just organically bring in different aspects of the story, or maybe it's a part of the backstory, but either way, I feel more informed and enriched in this uh, this world as a result of that. And it's fun because not so much do I have to be constantly at fisticuffs with every sure. you know, creature, every second of the game or whatever. And I think that also is a testament to the puzzles, right? And the puzzles were in the first game too, to a certain extent. But they don't seem contrived or like forced upon you or just... I don't know. Like sometimes you, you, you have certain games that will incorporate different types of puzzles and that sort of thing. And it, you're just not having a good time in this game. <clears throat> it's fun. Like I like some of the, the brain teasers in there. And the cool thing is, is that it's not so overbearing that it begins to cause me to lose interest in playing the game at all. So I, I think that there's a, a nice balance between the combat versus the combat. No, the combat Versus the puzzles huh. versus the storytelling. There's a, there's a sequence, I think close to where you're at, um, where you're trying to open up one of the chests mm-hmm. where you have to like, there's the three symbols. Yeah. And so uh, I, I forgot if Atreus mentions it. Uh, I think he's like, oh, father's opening up one of those chests again. And Amir goes, yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why they like, designed the chest this way with three <laughs> LA, all these patterns. Why can't they just open the chest? And I'm like, yeah. But they're fun. You know, I'll throw my axe over here, throw it over there, and then try to get it all in sequence and whatever. I tell you, it is so fun to throw that axe. It is. And have it come back to your hand. It is one of the most satisfying feelings where you call it back and comes right back. And, and the sound it makes and the feeling of, of the controller vibrating is perfect. Yeah. The way they've calibrated that in. I could sit there and throw that and call it back and throw it like just so many times. It's just great. It yeah. feels really, really good. Yeah, I think part of it is the the sound that the the wood, like the stock makes when like you catch it, like yeah. you get it. It, it just feels like it has weight. Yeah. to it. Uh, it's, it's not a dense, just a sound. It's a dense wood. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a yeah. lot of fun. And in, in in a game such as God of War, I mean, everything that Kratos does is so like over the top, like brute manish. I mean, just like if he has to freeze his ax, it's like, it's not just freezing. Like, like, like Disney, like, Ooh, like let it go. <laughs> it's it's right. more like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> like, like he has to like show him to like, like get, get that, that ice in there. Or like, you know, he goes over to like a, a chest and he doesn't just open it. He, he like punches through the, like the top part of the chest and like pulls out something, you know, it's, it's like, the most like caveman brutish, just like, <laughs> but it's so fun to play as because of the way he just is. I mean, he's just to, to say he's a man's man is putting it mildly. I mean, he's, I don't know. Even the way he talks, like the, uh, you know, but going back to the beginning of the game where Thor is visiting him in, in his house and Odin is like giving this big proposition to him and, and, talking and trying to negotiate and doing all these like flowery kind of approaches. And then he finally gets to asking Kratos like, so what do you think? What do you say? And all he does is go, no, (laughs) (laughs) I just love it, Steve. I just love it. 
Mm-hmm. The graphics. Yeah, it's beautiful, bros. It is an absolute gorgeous rump. Even my wife sat down and said, I want to watch you play. Oh, yeah, honey. That's great. <laughs> He's bald just like you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a resemblance. Your beard's not as long. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, just wait a couple of months, honey. <laughs> That's actually a really funny visual to think about, like, if you finally beat this game and you come back to Joygasm and you, you've grown your beard out the way Kratos has his. You know, Russ, maybe next Halloween. Ooh. I could uh, work out a little bit, Ooh. lose some weight, maybe just put some flour on top of my head to make it white and then just put like a red stripe there all the way down and I'll have the beard there. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be cold. So I, you know, I have to wear a lot of armor, not just a little bit because, uh, indeed, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Watch your nipples uh, poke out nine. Yeah, it's like a treat. <laughs> <laughs> There's the trick. You got a treat? <laughs> Get away from our door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, anyway, right. no, no surprise whatsoever. The the graphics in this game, as the previous game, is absolutely impressive. What I think is so neat about this whole setup What's is that, there was so much time spent on the previous God of War in terms of getting the, the base foundation <laughs> set up for the game engine itself. And in this game, you can tell they're they're riffing off of what they spent oh, all yeah. that hard work and time into in the first place with the previous game. And so it makes me look forward to seeing, okay, how do they continue to iterate and improve on what they did with that? But not only that, but like with this game in particular, you look around, I mean, the previous game was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And then you look at all the, the improvements and additions that they've done. And it's, it's just fantastic. But so often, every new area I come into, I just, I literally stop playing the game and just look around and I appreciate all the crazy amounts of detail. You know, the, the level of detail is crazy and insane. If I had to, to point out an observation, it mm. is that the world itself does seem rather limited because you are limited yourself in terms of like where you can go. They, they give you the idea of like, okay, you know, you can choose you know, which side quests you want to take versus if you want to stick to the main quest, that sort of thing. But in terms of the regions and areas, those are rather limiting in terms of what's going on. Now, I will say the nice thing, like, for instance, I got to that dwarven village, right? It was refreshing to see the dwarves on the the docks and, and the kind of the, not, not the harbor, but like basically like, the the areas of of town where they could sure. look down at the the river or lake or whatever it is, and and it just, it just to me it it brought the world more to life because in the previous game you predominantly had Kratos Atreus, you had the two dwarves that built armor, you had uh, Freya and Mimir. You, you you had this like very small amount of characters, but there there weren't really any kind of other like normal folk. Right. that populated the world, whenever we would go around, we would have to fight like, the baddies, for example. They existed, but it just seemed like there, there was kind of a just a part of it that felt kind of empty. Sure. And again, I've barely started playing this game, but I'm, I'm encouraged to see that because that, to me, that just makes it more immersive. 
Yeah, there's definitely more people to talk to, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, and yes, it does make it feel more alive. And it is linear, but I mean, that, that's, you know, kind of kind of is what it is. Yeah. But uh, that being said, even like, they could still have it linear and allow you to like maybe jump on stuff, you know? And so like if there's a little rock in front of you, you can't even do anything with it. Like you yeah. can't get around it. You're like, oh, I'm just stuck. Or like there's a bunch of ferns. Like oh, I can't get around it. You know, what am I going to do, bro? Yeah. And then, but if there's a ledge that's a bit higher than you with the right symbol, you're like, oh, I can jump. Ugh. Yeah. One yeah. armed it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I can't do that just to kind of look around and I'm just kind of stuck in this area. You know, that was one of the issues I had with the previous game. Yeah. If you recall, one of the very few little nitpicks I had was the fact that I can't jump. Yeah. And I remember telling you at the time, I was like, I'm I as the as God of War should be able to like jump like easily 10 feet in the air and come slamming down with my axe if I want to like there should not be this thing that that basically negates my ability to to jump on command and unfortunately it's the same thing with this title where I'm playing the game and I can't just jump whenever I want to there's no jump there's no dedicated jump button which is unfortunate because to me it's like that's something that could easily be added on and and create even more like combat opportunities or be able to traverse some of the environments. I understand though why they don't do it just because the way they have it set up is that, you know, their their environmental team have concocted all of these little spaces that are designed to be eye candy, right? Like like sure. you, you walk past and you're like, "Oh, this looks very beautiful," but like not so much do they want you finding your way in there and then getting stuck in the geometry and not be able to get back out. I do think though that they could probably figure out like some kind of balance because at the end of the day, I, I really want to be able to have some, some crazy cool jumpage from my God of war. That's right. Even when he's climbing around on mountains too. Indeed. Like he's like, Oh, hit circle button like way over there. You know, I'm just going to like just spring like parkour style. Yeah. off. Like one thing I, I can't do that. Just, you know, <laughs> you no. get up to like a leaf on the ground. You're like, can't do it. Nope. Nope. Doesn't I, have the right symbols. I don't have the energy. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even mean to jump. I could just step over it. No. Gonna have to get a mochaccino before I can not, exert that kind of. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. What are you gonna do? That's right. What are your thoughts? Do you have about the game there? Well, I'm wondering um, if they're going to introduce us to any more weapons. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that because, uh, I mean, you got your knives, you got your axe. Um, I found something that said uh, some, something that was a, uh, oh, you can build like a, a sword sheath. Oh. Kind of made me think that there would be a sword, even though, I mean, okay, I have a sword and I got an axe and I got knives. I mean, it's kind of redundant in a way, but um I don't know. I don't know if they would uh, introduce us to another weapon. That would kind of make sense, but it kind of wouldn't because there's just so many attacks you can do right now that, uh, I mean, what what else more, more could you really do? Indeed. You know? Indeed. Well, and not only that, but also, too, the ability trees of both the, your axe and your blades, at least from what I've seen so far, I mean, you have a number of different right. things to unlock with that. Yeah. And honestly, in my situation, because I'm a bit rusty at the game, um, I can't remember the, 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 the combo flows, right? Like I'm having to remember and relearn 
um, just how some of those things work. But as I go along and I unlock more of those abilities and I remember how these things work, suddenly it's starting to flow more and I'm having a lot more fun. Like I love like raking my axe across the ground and causing like this, like that nice V shape of uh, ice, like basically icicles and, and, you know, whatever it is that comes out and you, you know, it kind of uh, uh, hits multiple enemies within that area. There are other ones where like, I can like, you know, do a heavy attack with the ax and then it like <laughs> swings into like the midsection of the hapless foe. And then I can swing him around, you know, fling him somewhere or whatever. Like, so th- there are all kinds of different types of um, combat scenarios that you can strategize for and plan ahead and be like, Oh, this guy, I'm going to dismember him this way. And that guy over there, I'm going to chop his head off that way. And like, so there, I think as you go along, you're going to be able to have more and more rewarding, stronger types of abilities that you can chain together. Another thing too, which I don't know if if you remembered. No, I don't. When it comes to Atreus, when you're, when you're in combat, Mm. You can actually um, command him to shoot arrows at whichever sure. enemy you want. Have you been using that uh, barely? Not my. I yes, I have, but very not just not not very much. He he does a lot by himself. Like he'll just go yeah. and start whacking on people as it is. I'm like, good job, kid. Go, <laughs> a special boy. Feels. <laughs> um, I will say, Russ, what has changed? Nothing to do with God of War, really. Oh. Well, very little bit of God of War. Last game, I was like, oh, crap. Like, there's a, there's an enemy. There's a buff enemy. He's going to be, like, really hard to take out. I'm going to die a bunch of times. I really want to avoid him if I can. After playing Elden Ring, I'm like, man, nothing keeping me <laughs> down. Let's just bring it on. And yeah. I just, like, charge right, right in there. I'm like, who cares if I'm going to die or not? I'm going to... Take this thing out one way or the other. Yeah. And anyway. Uh, has that worked out for you? Yes. Uh, it has? Yes. That's <laughs> like, good. Like not being afraid. I like, you know, just not trying to like run away and like hide behind a rock or something. Like yeah. Like take him like head on. Yeah. Absolutely. So which weapon are you favoring? The the axe or the blades? The blades. Really? Yes. More of a blade man. Yeah, it's just because you can kind of juggle them in a way. Yeah, you can. Um, and you can hit them from afar. Well, you can hit one with afar with the axe, but the axe is a bit slower. Mm-hmm. And when you're swinging it, it's stronger, but it's slower. Yeah. Um, with the blades, I feel like I can cause more damage. Uh, it's like death by a thousand cuts. Sure. But, like, you're cutting them a thousand times, so it, you know it feels like I'm damaging them more. Uh-huh. Um. Maybe more quick hits, I guess. Yeah. Not as powerful. But um, if I can get burn damage, then, of course, that does something, too. Um, you know what I did What I did in the last one a lot of the time, too, is I used to cause a lot of stun just by, like, punching him and shield blocking oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and I've, done, I've been doing some combos where um, I'll hit him, I'll juggle him a little bit, like, you know, just do some ground and pound, and then I'll finish him off with, like, a shield before they're like, okay, I'm going to hit you back. And then I, you know, start to somersault my way out and, uh-huh. you know, get away. But I get a few extra hits in that way. That's cool. That, that's really cool. No, I, I've, I'm so happy that this game has been released. This has been um, 
a banner year for first party titles in the Sony camp. We had Horizon Forbidden West, which I'm still playing through. I haven't beaten that one yet. Yeah. And now we have God of War Ragnarok, and both of those are, are tremendous heavy hitters in terms of the the single player campaign narrative experience. So I'm I'm really happy that we are getting some of these quality narrative experiences. I think you are too, Steve. I am. Especially if I can transfer the games over at some yeah. point. I have still have to finish, uh, or excuse me, start and transfer the first uh, Horizon yeah. game. Is there a, a part in particular that you have gotten to that is your favorite so far? Um, honestly, there's a lot. No, I well, I wouldn't say a part like a sequence, but um, just a lot of the dialogue is very, very good. It's very well written. Uh, yes, it is. Extremely well written. There's a part where, yeah, I think you're coming up on it where, um, now don't give me specifics. Uh, I'm not gonna give you specifics, but basically, uh, there's a panic sequence. Okay. And it feels claustrophobic. Uh-huh. And Atreus, you know, basically spouts off and says a bunch of stuff. And, um, Kratos later after that whole thing and after everything kind of, you know, stabilizes, was just basically saying okay in times like that yeah let's use our words wisely this that and the other um i don't know it's just like these these little sequences where the lessons have now changed mm-hmm. and so i'm remembering a lot more the dialogue more than actual like oh here's an epic moment that you're not going to forget I'm, I'm remembering more of like just the conversational bits because it's drawing me really like into the story um it feels like they just really said here right you did so well at the last game do whatever you want with this game just make it great that yeah. it really feels like they took a lot of the chains off and just said go with it you do whatever you feel like just make it great that's how it feels it doesn't feel rushed mm. doesn't feel cheap it doesn't feel ch- shallow yeah i mean it feels great it feels like it's really solid you know i i remember when Corey Barlog, who was, he's the, uh, the creative director, I believe is, is the correct job title over at Sony Santa Monica studios. I remember him talking about how it was a calculated risk to tell a story from that vantage point, more of a father son vantage point in the sense that it's more intimate. It's more confined within uh, these two characters in that video games previous to that game really haven't explored that before how you know typically your narratives tend to be more formulaic um not necessarily um in a, a cheap way but more about like how the narratives were centered more around the the combat right or the, sure. the conflict at hand or whatever else and so this was such a breath of fresh air in terms of wow like here you have a game developer who has decided to tell this particular story and I think it paid off in dividends. And so looking at at where they started with the the previous title, seeing where they are in this game, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing um, how this continues on. And I think it's a sign of the times within the video game industry, honestly, because there are so many game developers who perhaps when they first got started, they were in their early twenties, you know, just out of school or whatever, but they've, they, you know, they've, they've been in the industry for decades. Now they have families of their own. They have kids of their own. Right. And as a result, it's like, you know, when you get to those different chapters of life, you then have more of those types of life experiences 
And I love how he has been weaving, probably generally speaking, some of those life experiences he's had with his son into what we're seeing here from a high level, you know, just these, these general kind of parenting type of life experiences. And I just love it. I, it makes me look forward to seeing what else the overall game industry can do in the sense that, you know, with other folks who are aging as well into being, you know, kind of middle age territory or whatever, what other types of nuggets will we be able to see that also help to propel into more of these engaging, immersive types of stories, because I'm, I'm right with you. I, I absolutely love what I've seen so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing what lies ahead. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it continues financially helping us do Joygasm. Also, click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week, each week. You can also do a search for at Joygasm TV on your social media platform of choice. We're on just about all of them. And last but not least, you can do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we look forward to hanging out with you once more next week.